just you could say anything and someone will most definitely find an issue with it she doesn't have to consume what you put out there yeah. and if you don't like her you could just say it out loud get it out and then let it go the nicole's situation where i just said oh my god beautiful gorgeous 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 girls love soup last november i had the opportunity to talk to emily uribe emily is best known for her tiktok where she gained attention for her series in which she acts as a celebrity during interviews, press events, and other things. In this conversation, we discuss her social media presence, the weight of social media, as well as assumptions from viewers. In addition, we were also rambling, so I hope you enjoy. This is episode two of In Conversation from Venus in the Find. Okay, so. I'm here with Emily Uribe and we're talking about her, her acting, her TikToks, which are amazing and just everything. Oh, thank you. So I kind of wanted to get into like background of around your life and like what kind of made you interested in acting in the entertainment business. When I was younger, I grew up watching a lot of, and I think many other little girls in the 2000s can relate, Hannah Montana, Lizzie McGuire. Yeah. I grew up watching these like really beautiful young celebrities and I would say, oh my God, if I could be in a room, I could totally do that. And I always told them, I'm like, take me to these auditions. Like when you would hear on the radio, these Disney auditions when they were a scam, which is so unfortunate for parents. I always think about that and I'm thankful that my parents didn't end up doing that. Would it have helped me? I don't know, but definitely would not have helped their bank accounts. So, so good. Um, but I remember I grew up watching all of those shows and I would even in like elementary school and kindergarten, I was someone who always loved to dress up. I loved to portray characters. Halloween was my favorite holiday. Even though I was a princess like every year because we would reuse the costume, I would say it was a different princess and somehow alternate it. So uh, I didn't grow up in theater either for me to be like, oh, I was a theater kid. I grew up like on the stage. I never did any of that, but I did grow up dancing. So I think my love for doing um, folklorico dancing, I did like some ballet, I did some jazz, I did some tap. I was really able to like develop a love for the stage and develop a love for the camera. So anytime I would be recorded dancing, I would be so happy to see it after because I'd be like, oh my God, that's me. Like you recorded me dancing. This is so amazing. And I would treat that as like a performance video and even like home videos of me during Christmas, pictures of me. I loved the camera. So when I was younger, seeing all of those other girls, Demi Lovato, Selena Gomez, um they obviously with Demi Lovato I don't mean to include them in the girls part but I was able to really grow a love for their screen acting and I developed a really big admiration for it and I'm so thankful to be to have been able to watch Nickelodeon and Disney Channel even though the behind the scenes part was so negative it really like tore them apart I was so fortunate enough to at least grow up having idols that at the time, I don't think I idolize them now, but just acting people who were a bit younger and they knew what they were doing and yeah, take cues from them. I think that's like, with me, I didn't do theater. I didn't know extracurriculars as a child. The only thing mm -hmm. I did personally was writing, but I just did it for myself. And mm -hmm. I think I'm trying to fall back in love with writing because I took like a little highest because of things and I just couldn't do it. Like, mm -hmm. if like, I watched all these Disney shows and then I watched Dance Moms. Oh, and I think that like speaks to what you're saying where it's like yeah I like so wanted to get into dance I never did um I so wanted to be like I wanted to be in the dance mom thing and you just have all these like fantasies where you're like yeah I totally want to do this I want to be in Hollywood and everything like that but I think dance moms because it's a reality tv show 
looking back, you're watching it and you're like, oh my God, these poor kids. Like, no, the, yeah, genuinely like, these poor children, all of them have anxiety and depression. And it's like, when you watch it now, when you're older, you're sitting here like, oh my gosh, yes, it's a TV show. And some of the parents' arguments are fake, but you know, what these parents did was like, talk about other kids and berate other children on national television. Mm-hmm. And like, oh yeah, there's always with Abby and her favoritism you can see that it not only hurt the kids that weren't the favorite, but like the amount of pressure that she put on Maddie was giving the girl anxiety attacks at six, which I could relate to, unfortunately, but it just seems like now, I don't think that we could necessarily have another dance moms go on the air because people would sit there and be like, is this healthy to put your child in? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think that's like the parents continuously were questioning that. And like some moms did leave the show, Mm-hmm. but like when you're a kid you're watching you're like oh my god like I want to do this but I'm like I don't know if I really want to get screamed at by Abby yeah. Miller and like <laughs> try and do all these other things it just no, I agree the opportunities and just the idea of creating and performing I feel like f- seems so fun and like look at what the girls are doing now like I think all of them act Jojo is doing amazing. Maddie's going to be in West Side Story. Mm-hmm. Colleen was at college, but Nia was on a Lifetime movie. All of them are doing yeah. a lot of great things. And I think that's the opportunities with it. But you also have to just consider where it's like, sometimes at the detriment of girls, especially in the industry, they sacrifice their childhoods to give everyone else one. Oh yeah. And it's like the opportunities, but at what cost? Yeah. Like like, what? Mm -hmm. That's why I think like the Olsen twins probably don't act anymore. Like once they they no longer did it because it was like, that's why I feel like when people make fun of them, it's kind of just like, they like all these childhood stars, like they didn't get to be kids. Mm -hmm. Like even now, like with TikTok, it's so much different like having a platform but I think especially then when I was watching Demi Lovato's um documentary and how they were talking about how they had Disney kids answering questions like are you gonna save yourself for marriage it's like yes the Jonas Brothers not to include like men because I know we're mainly talking about women but and um non-binary people yeah the purity rings yeah what was going on it's like why do y'all want to know what these kids are doing? <laughs> it's weird. Why is that included? And like, they have to be this like social standing and like responsibility thing where like they cannot act out because they have to be a role model, but it's like, they're also children. Mm-hmm. And that's not considered. I mean, like even with TikTok, it's like, even though we voluntarily do this, and voluntarily make content and do all these things. Like, even if it started off as like something fun, you do feel like that like responsibility thing. I know I do where it's like, people are like, you never make a bad take. And I'm like, oh crap. Everyone's gonna say the wrong thing eventually. Oh yeah. So it's like, I've made videos <laughs> like saying like, I'm going to make a bad statement eventually. I'm going to say something. I'm going to be wrong. I'm going to offend people eventually. And that's not to say I want to excuse myself, but that's to say, don't put me on a pedestal. Yeah, that that's something that's, I think, really hard to navigate for like the younger people on TikTok. 
younger children or just people below 25, I would say, because you think like of all the celebrities that you see who are problematic or have been a part of cancel culture, which cancel culture is a whole other topic on its own. Um, I think seeing like, just, you could say anything and someone will most definitely find an issue with it. But when it comes down to people saying genuinely offensive things, the same repercussions are not placed on them. The craziest thing is like on TikTok, which is why I feel like I've become, sometimes when I see everyone in mass hating someone, I then grow, grow to like that person because it's like, okay, the hate's ridiculous. Like with Victoria Paris specifically, it's like, okay, you don't like her, fine. You don't mm-hmm. like her, but it's like people, if they perceive you as being undeserving or being oh, yeah. grateful, they will attack you. And then if you block them, they get pissed. Like the hashtag that was, that is crazy. Yes. Yeah, 6 million views. And I'm sitting here. It's like, this is why she blocked you. Cause there's like no boundaries. Mm-hmm. You guys harass this person. No. Yeah. And it just go like, not, I think, especially with what we talked about with Victoria Paris, she doesn't have to consume what you put out there. Yes. And if you don't like her, you could just say it out loud, get it out and then let it go. If it's an issue that she blocked you, that's a whole other thing because why why waste the time and energy into talking about it yes. when you could just really like leave it alone? Like at the end of the day, she blocked you for whatever reason she chose to and there's nothing you can do to change her mind. Yeah, I think it's like something she says where she's like, I don't read the comments or like what you think of me is not my business. And I think sometimes with people, if you don't like someone, fine. I don't like tons of people on TikTok, but I don't talk about Mm -hmm. it. And I think there's this weird thing in the, like just society where people feel bad if they don't like someone, Mm -hmm. but then they look for reasons to dislike someone. So then other people dislike them too. Like people cannot just dislike someone. They need other people to dislike them as well. Or they may Mm -hmm. think they're a mean person. Where it's like, no, you have to be fine not liking people. You have to be fine and you being the one person who doesn't like dislike them. Like there's a difference between disliking someone and being a hater. And oh yeah. Even people who are content creators in that whole Victoria Paris block me hashtag, it's like you are making content you're cognizant of the fact that she can see every comment because it notifies mm-hmm. you people comment so it's like this disregard of her and what she may be going through behind the scenes because you were guys are like she's an ungrateful white girl in new york who just opens pr packages and you would do it too and i would do it too like they're like if you want to have a genuine conversation about gentrification and classism and racism and fat phobia that goes on and why certain people become huge influencers and why some people don't fine but that's not the conversation you guys are trying to have mm-hmm. like, that's very true and is like i don't want to say it's just jealousy but it's just something weird yeah it's there's definitely shades of envy in there you definitely yeah. can tell when someone like just by someone's tone you can tell what they're exactly trying to convey and even if they try to backtrack and say no no I'm not jealous why would I be jealous you definitely there's shades of envy there then why are you talking like that um I think going back to also the Nick Foster situation it's so interesting to see people try to band together and try to change your mind what makes you think you're going to change my mind on something yes that is so crazy where I'm like Nick Foster has an entire platform there's mm-hmm. a reason he keeps getting deleted. You've been deleted. Your account's been deleted 10 times. 
come on now. I know TikTok sometimes, you know, makes mistakes, but like 10 times you've done something. Like when you have a creator who built his, his entire platform off of racism, misogyny, transphobia, homophobia, bullying literal children, nobody can say anything to him. And then y'all all of a sudden have morals. Mm-hmm. And that's where I was sitting here like, what, what's going on? okay that's interesting and like even now and again it's like you made fun of a dead child I'm like but the kid's alive yeah so I didn't but it's like y'all are commenting that for what I'm just gonna delete your comment and block you I can click multiple ones at a time now (laughs) like (laughs) like have the power yeah you you can't get in there and just say whatever and that's the thing is like people I feel like have entitlement that they think it's not that I want to say that people's voices don't matter but it's like people feel entitled to let you know what they think of you Mm -hmm. oh absolutely even in videos I've seen where people are talking about you sometimes they tag you yeah and it's like what's going on no I think especially like going back to that um Elizabeth Olsen situation where I just said oh my god beautiful gorgeous 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 girls love soup and people literally were like that one person that posted the video was like this is who you guys support and of like just aligning someone with something that doesn't have to do with them is so interesting and I think with yeah. a platform like TikTok since it has such mass reach yeah you never know where the video could go obviously when people don't add nuance it's like the way they presented the video was that you were totally fine with every single thing that elizabeth olsen has done or said that people Mm -hmm. find wrong and that are wrong and it's like saying that she looked good in that dress and looked good at the emmys does not mean that everyone approves of things that she's saying and in society would that translate and that's something that's so interesting. Like in regular life, if you gossip about someone, you don't invite them to sit with you while you talk about them. No. You tag people in videos where you're crap talking them and then get upset when they block you. You're not- That's the thing. And- space and time. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. There's like a certain entitlement on TikTok, especially where like the parasocial relationship gets really weird at one certain point because as soon as people start feeling comfortable with you they feel like they can genuinely just say anything about you and you're going to be okay with it no that is not how it works it's like you kind of learn that people are not so different from you like I feel like oh yeah your videos everyone I feel like so many people relate to it's like yeah I've practiced an interview Mm -hmm. I've done world war world tours in my living room mm-hmm. <laughs> the audience loves you like so that's why thinks people love your videos like how would you describe mm-hmm. the content that you make well first of all I want to start off you have excellent takes that's why people really enjoy your content your your takes are very very good and I do agree with a lot of them um your views are very very good on things and I think your moral compass is so in center that you just like there's you can't help but not listen to you speak so like trust me you have a following because your takes are excellent um and I think with my videos it's definitely the relatability factor because as you said many other people can relate and say oh I've done a podcast in my car or I've done a world tour in my living room like you like I don't know about anybody else but when after I watched the Ariana Grande and Beyonce specials for Netflix. Oh, I felt invincible. I started using my, like I started singing in my living room. I felt like I was on the tour with them and I was their opening act. But 
having that also um, is th it's two sides of a, uh, the same coin because on one side, it's a very positive thing. And I think a lot of people can say, oh my God, I do that too. But then on another side with TikTok being the platform I'm using, it's horrible to get comments about mental health, mental um, stability, talking about um, mental health disorders. It's been really interesting to see psychosis being mentioned in my comments and also schizophrenia which opens up a whole other conversation of like why do you think that's okay to comment and this has nothing to do with that this is something that a lot of other people do yeah one I love how people are like oh you are the best manifester on this entire app because <laughs> yes like you're speaking in your future out to power but it's also like the comment section where it goes left too many people feel comfortable diagnosing people mm -hmm. and oh, yeah. therapist where it's like, no, that's not how that works. And it is inappropriate to assume that Emily would have schizophrenia because she's willingly making a TikTok, envisioning getting an interview that's really different than having schizophrenia mm -hmm. and imagining things happen happening and thinking the real. Like those are two oh, yeah. things. And it's like, it's even like this analyzation of behavior. Like I know I've talked so many times on my page where it's like, stop commenting that I look depressed. Yep. I am depressed. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, like you're getting on here like, you look sad and you look tired and I only see you in pajamas. It's like, we were in a pandemic. I haven't left my house in almost two years. Well, I, I've left the house, but it's like, <laughs> I took half of junior year forcibly in the whole thing and then all of senior year I was in the house and now I'm a college freshman and I'm still in the damn house yeah I mean do you mm -hmm. get nine to five dressed to go do online work and I don't have to yep. on zoom <laughs> or it's like it's like this over analyzation of behavior which I feel like I made a video talking about it but only in reference to the couch guy thing oh yeah that was crazy. Y'all, you cannot sit there and assume somebody is having a full-fledged affair off of <laughs> 10 seconds. It was definitely a moment in TikTok where I think not everyone realized, but it was such an interesting dynamic because on the other side, that girl in the comments, the girlfriend, what she was doing, she was responding to everybody she could. Like yeah. she was proving a point to somebody. But then also the people that were overbearingly like, your boyfriend is cheating yeah. on you. Yeah. Like, your boyfriend is literally cheating on you. How could you let that happen? Yeah. And now it's like, people are mad that she's making it merch. And I'm like, if I was getting harassed, I would do the same thing because now it's gone from, we're helping her to, oh, you're an idiot. How can you not take our advice and dump your boyfriend? Because we strangers Mm -hmm. who saw a video 10 seconds of a video have determined he does not love you is not interested and has been having an affair with his college roommates yeah like, oh yeah it's ridiculous that they've had to go private on instagram yeah that's what's been crazy that whole situation like from top to bottom which it's not even over people as you said are still going um and they're not gonna stop that's the thing are they I haven't dug too deep into the couch guy thing. Are they like, besides the merch thing, like have they made other videos? Like, have they talked yeah. about this? Like <gasps> she's just going on with her day to day, which I feel like probably is the best thing to do. So like oh, she yeah. made videos like, 
I'm getting lunch or this is what I'm buying for food and things like that. And even under those videos, if her boyfriend is not mentioned, if she doesn't even mention the boyfriend, it's just her, it's, she's so attention hungry. She wants fame. She loves the views she's getting and milking it. Oh, she's so stupid. Why won't she leave him? Oh, bestie, I have something to tell you. He's cheating on you. It's like, oh no, no. What, like 20? <laughs> like, I don't know. And But then it's like, what if her boyfriend was cheating on her? Like, she's going to feel really bad. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. Like, the idea that you can see someone, you can barely see him in that video. I had no idea what I was watching at first. I was like, I don't even get it. Like, what are y'all seeing in this? Y'all are zooming in and thinking there's a hand on his back, which actually turned out to be somebody's watch. But it's also just like, you don't think men and women can be friends? Yes. The comments were like, don't be mature. Don't pretend to be mature. You know they can't. What? What's going on? How do you, yeah, how do you stay in a workforce? How do you go to school? How do you work with other people? But then it's also just like a lot of y'all were being extremely misogynistic and then attacking the other girls and assuming they were um, like breaking up a relationship and all these other things. And it's like, yeah, that's misogyny. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I assume that every time a girl is near a guy and he's in a relationship that that other girl wants to break it up. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I would hate to be in a situation where people are overanalyzing my behavior yeah because then at the same time that like ruins your perception of yourself I feel it re- it's something that can really deeply affect you like if, if you start believing what people say oh wow that takes you down such a deep dark hole and I really hope for couch guy and couch girl that they are like okay and as you said they're she's going with her day to day but it's just like you yeah. can't even make the situation better for yourself at that point because people already think all of these things of you and are analyzing your life when there's nothing to analyze you guys are just digging too deep and going over a boundary that I don't think you even know you crossed I think when it comes to like perceptions of people and like feeling like you have no boundaries I think the royal family is one of those cases where like people definitely feel like like their personal lives are up for anything because like well everyone pays for them so who cares but it's like with the whole HBO show The Prince I watched it it was kind of unfunny to me it was mm-hmm. short, which I thought it was going to be like at least 30 minutes per episode. It was half that. So it's about mm-hmm. three hours-ish about content. My thing is where it's like, that's a child. Mm-hmm. And then like when you have actors in the show who said, I'm famous, my kid's not famous. It's not fair for y'all to invade my child's privacy. But then you're participating in a show like this. Mm-hmm. Mm, you know what I mean? Uh, and it goes back to the lifestyle that they live. I think people just automatically assume with the lifestyle that you grow up to be such a bratty, like snotty kid because you're surrounded by yes men and servers and all of this stuff. And it's like, no, it's way beyond that. Like they're being raised by an entire system, not just their parents. So and to see things like that happen, yeah. Like one creator, um, Viandre, who is this really big, she's a teenage girl who is trans. So she gets so much hate she talks about her own experiences and she's correct in doing so but like sometimes people in the comments like I made a video where like it's not hate someone like commented like we're not hating on you it's not transphobia you just have to take the good and the bad 
what's what? good and bad about this what do but, you mean like I feel like people's expectation is that the minute you become a content creator or you become any sort of artist in the entertainment business, regardless of it's singing, acting, dancing, because you are creating something for people to consume. And obviously there will be people who admire you and are fans of you and you will get love. You need to be prepared to also take violent hate, bigotry. And there's mm -hmm. a line, like obviously not everyone's gonna like you. People are gonna critique you. People are gonna leave maybe nasty comments. But like going in on someone for their identity is no longer you not liking them. It's you not liking mm -hmm. that identity. Like, oh yeah. Have you ever gotten any sort of like uh, bigoted comments related to you? I don't think so. I think most of the comments I get, one of the, one of the things I hate and I understand that I am pale is like they I don't like, I don't enjoy being called white personally. I am Mexican, I'm Hispanic. And I'll always say that because I'm not white, I'm pale. That's all I am. I don't understand why assume, assuming race on TikTok is a really big thing as well. I think for a lot yeah. of um, lighter skinned creators, lighter skinned people on the app who aren't necessarily creators yet, but they post videos for fun. Um, seeing like the claims of them either you're claiming you're too black you're claiming you're too white you're claiming you're too hispanic when you it's don't look like it craziest thing because i'm sitting here it's like every time i see specifically latino creators getting called white i'm like who is saying this that's mm -hmm. i always get confused on who is making these comments because i never feel like it's genuinely other people of color i usually mm -hmm. feel like it's people who are white making these comments because it's like mm -hmm. maybe you've never been in communities where you've lived with a lot of Latino people a lot of people of color but it's like yes the way technically people are white people have to say white on a census and on documents and forums yes in the U.S. are they going to be looked at as white no, no fear for people to identify with their ethnicity or nationality. Like you were talking about how you like you're Mexican and things like that. Like, that's fine. But I feel like people always wanted to make it a conversation about race. Like the only context in which people should identify or talk about, oh, I'm ethnically this, but racially white is if you're having a conversation amongst people of color mm -hmm. talking about proximity to whiteness or racism within people of color or colorism, then that can be brought up and talked about. But it's weird when white people say that to other people of color and be like, no, you're white. It's like, uh, it's like they're wanting to make it a whole general conversation where it's like, yeah, it really applies to inter-community things sometimes, like mm -hmm. time, and it's weird. No, yeah, and then like being on TikTok, you just see other people who are like, you're either too, you look too ethnic, you don't look ethnic enough. It's like, what do, what do you guys well, mean you by don't that? Act like your ethnicity or your group. And it's yes. Like, so you believe in racial stereotypes? <laughs> Definitely, they do because it's it's interesting. It goes for the black community, the Latino yeah. community, the Asian community. They all have this stereotype of each one. And it's like, if you don't wear this, if you don't look like this, if you're not this color, if you're not that color, what is wrong? Like, where do you guys start this conversation and who do you want to finish it? Like, what's the end goal? Like, 
I feel like people are now coming to the understanding of discussing nationality, ethnicity, and race being different. But yes. it's like, y'all also have to admit the fact that race is purposely confusing, ever-changing in how we discuss about it because we learn new things and it's not biological and all these other things. But it's like, it also changes depending on where you are in the world. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work the same way globally. Mm-hmm. But like, obviously, yes, certain people are going to be seen white, certain people are going to seem black, some certain people are going to be seen Asian, but like, those aren't just rigid things they are very fluid in how they work. But it's mm-hmm. also like, I'm seeing people say George Lopez is white, legally, oh. yes, but it's like, nowhere ever is anyone looking at him and saying, yeah, white, like, come on now. <laughs> like, that's where I'm sitting here. It's like, what are you guys talking about? Like, it's getting weird. Like, and then it's like, yeah. people genuinely have the conversation about people who are white Latinos. Like, there's no way you can say, oh, they're just maybe light skins. Like, no, they're like legit white, like Giselle the model or um, Cameron Diaz. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. those are white people. People mm-hmm. are gonna look at them like they're white. Yeah. You make it, people make it harder to have those genuine conversations because you now mm-hmm. conflated way too much. Oh yeah, I agree with that. That's that's a very interesting way to look at it, actually. I really appreciate it. With that. your content, why are people even commenting that you're white? Yeah, I, I don't understand. Um, and I think also seeing it, we're talking about Viandre. I think I always see like random comments in her in her comment section of like like just horrible things that should never be said to a trans woman who genuinely who is a real woman. She's real, she's a real woman. Come on. Yeah. But seeing comments like that, it's like how do you feel invited to say any of that? Like you control all you want. What is Ooh, the no. purpose? Your favorite movie genre? I have to say, I love just growing up in my household. I think I would stay up a lot and watch movies with my dad and they were all action movies. And he himself is not a rom-com guy. He's, he likes comedy. So comedies and blockbusters, action thrillers, like one of my favorite franchises of all time, albeit it's not amazing, but Transformers. I grew up watching them all in theaters. Like those were just a classic thing that you could tune into and be like, I'm going to be entertained. And I, that's my main goal with movies is I love movies that make me think, but I also love the ones that just, I can sit down, eat some popcorn and have a good time. So I would definitely say action and comedy. I feel like as a kid, because I didn't go to the movie theaters that often, I would watch kind of older movies, Mm -hmm. but like also those action films. But I feel like I also watched adult things as a kid. I never really Mm -hmm. watched a lot of age appropriate things. Mm -hmm probably was a problem but like I thought it was totally fine and it was cool for me and I think now what I like in movies because I'm watching way more it's I want a movie that does something but I also like the movies where it's like nothing really happened but I like this like Mm -hmm. not a lot happens but I really Mm -hmm. like it Mm -hmm. you know movies like that movies um I think I obviously you and I both love Marvel and Marvel content and Marvel <laughs> too and they flew you out to see the Eternals I did it was it was amazing you've been like like one of the only content creators not to spoil the movie that's one thing that I and that's a conversation to be had because the main people at the premiere that spoiled it for everybody were two variety reporters who have been seasoned in their job they yes this is a long career they've had but they were and blaming I think, y'all. 
No, yeah, the shift of blame to content creators. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't think we're respected at all, mm-hmm. just in the sense of like credibility. I think that's a really big issue, and especially with the Marvel community for content creation. Um, there's no respect for anybody. You have the clickbait content creators, you have the creators who just give reviews, you have the ones who really dive deep, you have the ones who create content with Marvel stuff. Um, none of us are respected. I don't consider myself a Marvel creator, but I definitely think my friends and mutuals that are, it's been very interesting to see the blame being put on them. And then, then them have to go and be like, this isn't our fault. This is not our issue. We don't spoil the movie. We give you a general review. That's about all we can give you. Um, I think also the spoiling of really big things is going to get even worse. I remember at the beginning of Endgame when that was coming out, the Russo brothers penned an open letter to fans saying like, hey, please don't spoil the movie. So much happened. Legit, like threatened to jump you if you spoiled Endgame. Oh, but yeah, now, that was like, a big one. Here's the entire plot line of a movie that hasn't come out and it's going to be in a month. And it's like, mm-hmm. can I- Or I've also seen the- Oh yeah, I've seen the conversation of like content creators giving too much away, even in a general review, or their reviews being super like, like they're kissing Marvel's butt, being like, "Well, we want we want to keep coming to these events, we want to keep doing these things," and it's like, no, if they're not allowed to talk about something, they're not going to. They're going to give you a general review. So either way, I don't think the content creator wins in any sort of way, um, and especially with the Eternals now sort of being, I hate to say it, spoiled just giving that away to people is really annoying. I feel like I've been good at dodging one, but someone, this pisses me off, is people where it's like, you don't spoil the movie, but you go and share unreleased stuff. Like with Mm -hmm. the new Timothy Chalamet Wonka movie, there's no reason Mm -hmm. I have seen, I know he posted a picture, but y'all have pictures of set, a whole, we got a whole clip of a song. Him singing. <laughs> and then there was camp, like the movie's obviously going to have a camp element, but it's also just like, I feel like it's weird how people comment on their bodies. Like, that's one thing that I've noticed with, and especially I think in the conversation of um, uh, going back to Marvel and any male actor right now, yeah. where I think my, the best example would be Kumali, who plays Kingo in The Eternals. It's been really interesting to see the conversation around his physique and how he really bulked up. And he's said so many times, I did this for myself. And Robert Pattinson also said, I'm not bulking up for the Batman. I don't care to, and I don't want to. It's been really interesting to see the conversation of like, why are you commenting on their physique as if it's going to play any part in the movie? If they don't, if what, what do you want them to do? Like one of my mutuals, and I want to post his um, TikTok video here. He basically made a video where it's like, it's weird that you guys are so obsessed with them. And like, even I know Richard Madden who plays Icarus in the Eternals, like even before this, he talked about body dysmorphia and body image and how it's really unrealistic for men in the industry to be this bulked up all of the time. And the comments under my mutuals video was like, I don't want a superhero with the belly. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, Yeah, I know what you're talking about. First off, that's weird. You are not entitled to people's body shapes. Okay. Mm -hmm. But like, it also makes me think of like the Twilight films and how Taylor Lautner was a child. Like he was 17, super ripped, super like eating thousands of calories a day, working out for hours a day. That's obviously unattainable. He's he's Mm -hmm. not going to keep that up after the movies. Like a year or two after the whole series wrapped and someone saw pictures of him at the beach and it's like, yeah, he lost muscle mass and gained maybe some weight or like it's not as extremely toned as it was before. And people were like saying he was fat and making oh, yeah. him. 
it's like weird because it's like you also have to remember like how sexualized he got as a child like as a 17 year old boy having not only like teenage girls are gonna like want him obviously but it's like grown women too which was really weird and gross were so into it and this like expectation we have for people to be a certain size and bulk up and all this stuff like there's like a tiktok account where they compare men's bodies when they play like all these characters like they compare their physique like one guy he was like oh Kristen um Bale didn't do a good job at Batman because like look how slim he is and but but like oh Ben Affleck totally like totally beefed up it's amazing or they're like oh um Andrew Garfield did too much he shouldn't have gotten that like muscled out for Spider-Man um Tom Holland is like the good skinny for it it's like what are they yeah that's really ugly and especially commenting on like men in the industry definitely I I personally don't think they get enough credit for the amount of work they have to put in just to play these characters body wise it's insane like hearing Christian Bale talk about I think he was the one that said like I used to eat a can of tuna and an apple a day like that was a part of his diet and it's like not only is it the working out it's the diet it's like fitting into the costume because I can't imagine being in front of that many people in a skin tight costume it sounds so overwhelming and same goes for women hearing women talk about that and like their bodies being a focus of who the character is especially I think with Scarlett Johansson the over sexualization of male and female superhero characters is insane I think Elizabeth Olsen did a really good video where she was like talking about how she works out for Wanda and she was talking about how she was surprised that Marvel didn't weigh people. And I was like, that's sad that that's surprising that you're getting weighed mm-hmm. to play a movie. Like, I feel like if your weight is, does not impact anything, then it really shouldn't factor in. And- I would love to continue the conversation with you. If yeah, that's okay. yeah, that's totally fine. We can like cap it mm-hmm. here and then like maybe start tomorrow or whenever. Y'all. I'm so sorry about this episode. It was extremely long. I didn't really have the format that I have now when I interview people. And also there were some complications with my computer and the rest of the footage. So if it sounds kind of cut off and it sounds kind of weird, I'm so sorry. And it's a little bit shorter than usual, but I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you go follow Emily on social media and also stick around and see some more Venus Undefined content.